2: Plushcare.com/slash/weight-loss.
0: Welcome to the Simply Vegan podcast, your weekly dose of vegan chat and interviews with some of the leading names in the movement brought to you by the team at Vegan Food and Living, the UK's only vegan magazine. Today, myself, Holly Johnson and Molly are discussing the highs and lows of hummus, how to make it and which ones to buy. I then chat to Brian and Anna Clement from Hippocrates Wellness in the States. They're here to share their knowledge and experience of raw plant-based eating and overall wellness to heal ourselves and ditch habits that are holding us back. Oh, Welcome back, Molly. We missed you last week. Do you know what?
3: I realised that before I come onto this call, I was a bit peckish. So I had a like hobnob, which I've just realised is probably the worst food that I can eat before going to talk. <laughs> I know that it's not like, well, we are recording video, but I just feel like I've just got so much stuff in my teeth. I love a hobnob, <laughs> but it's not good for the teeth, is it? No, I just had a
0: bit of quick lunch in between um, mm. in between recordings and I'm kind of like,
3: Mm. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, just like rice and stuff in my teeth, which yeah. is a lovely image. <laughs> nice. I can't Have you ice me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have missed you. We had Jake, Jake Yap standing in last week, and I do apologise to anyone um, who did listen to that episode that my sound quality was terrible. I thought it was because he had a two thousand pound mic, and it was showing mine up. But actually, I think my mic, <laughs> I think my mic had come loose, so it made it even worse. But oh, he, no. he is absolutely hilarious and completely insane, um, and um, he's a good
3: replacement for me. To,
0: yes, yeah, it was a you know it's good to have a, a guy. On now and again, isn't it? And he's agreed to do um our lives for Patreons.
4: I love that.
0: It's gonna be super fun. So if you haven't already signed up, go to patreon.com forward slash simply vegan and it's just from two pounds a month. Um so that's something to look forward to. Anyway, we're also going to London tomorrow, aren't we?
3: We are. I've actually been waiting for this moment. It's it's been a bit impromptu, I think last week. It was all kind of arranged, like end of last week, um, we were sent some really exciting um, press releases for some restaurants and we were just like, do you know what, it's time, Holly Molly takes London part two, baby! (laughs) Let's go. Uh, Yeah,
0: so we're going to be reviewing a three-course Tregon, that's T-R-E-E tree tree hyphen. Like like the tree. Yeah, (laughs) and it's all... It's all from trees. So I think it's like, I don't know, like chestnuts and what else is yeah, in there? Yeah. I,
3: I, should we get the menu up? I don't Can know. We... Maybe we'll, we'll leave it until after the thing. I can't remember. I love trees. I keep calling it the tree meal. It's, I think it's
0: like a first, Um, it's sort of, yeah, obviously, sort of all about sustainability and stuff. But it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to be really cool. And I'm then excited. we are going to a new restaurant from Michelin star chef. Alexis Gautier who we're going to have on the podcast very soon yeah I think he went vegan and then um, basically turned his restaurant vegan I think it's Gautier Soho and now he's opened uh, a restaurant it's like more casual dining yeah and it's called 123v and they do bottomless sushi um Molly's like squeaking with excitement
3: that is my like my heaven! I think I actually had sushi last night. In kind of because I was just so excited to have sushi, I just like I can't wait. I've just got to some sushi. <laughs> you've spoiled so it. Gotta do it. No, I'm not because the sushi that I made wasn't very good. No, I, that's a lie. It was good, but I just had to not load be, up. Yeah, it's not. It's not gonna be you know Michelin star chef no. created sushi, is it? Let's right. be real.
0: They do loads of other stuff as well. I think they've got like Korean chicken burgers and obviously Mm. vegan chicken, Um, chickpea, chickpea fries, which is very topical because we're going to talk about the the benefits of of chickpeas and um, hummus in a bit. But Yeah. yeah, they've got all sorts, bao buns.
3: Love all that. the love all the one. lovely
0: asian food mm. my um my german exchange student loves sushi so i did some vegan sushi um last weekend and yeah she loved it so that's what that's a winner. did you do um what did i do i did i did the carrot you know when you make make salmon out of carrot mm. you love that one i do so i did that with um i think it was teriyaki sauce and the rice and the nori wraps and then i did crispy onions sprinkled mm. on top Few dips. Love that PM. Yeah, wow,
3: that was nice. <laughs> Amazing. God, should we just go and eat some sushi
0: now? Yeah. I can't yeah, I can't wait. So um we'll be telling you all about our London trip yes. next week. You can hear about the reviews of the different restaurants, and um, we're also gonna be filming some reels so you can kind of come with us um yes, on our behind little, the scenes. Yeah, our little day out. So it's gonna be super fun. Um we we were sent some new uh, a new range of hummus this week, weren't we? And we thought we'd have yes. a chat about hummus because it's such a vegan staple and there's so many different ones, like so many different brands now and then you've got yeah. the whole like, do I make it myself? And it never, never it's, goes ho- well.
3: It's one of those things. I ha- Hummus is like pesto to me. So I, it's on paper, so simple to make. It should be... Really easy, really delicious because you've made it yourself. It's the same with pesto. Every time I make a pesto, it's just a bit shit. It's not (laughs) nice. Don't know what's missing from it. It's kind of a bit bitter. Like I tried to sort of balance it out and then I've got too much of something and it's just like could have just gone and bought some for a pound in the shop yeah um, instead i'm like five pounds down i've used a liter of olive oil but seven <laughs> bunches of basil leaves and yeah. half a bag of pine nuts so yeah i know um, <laughs> this is the same so i have the same thing with hummus when i've tried to make hummus in the past it's not been as bad as the pesto but again it's just not so nobody it's just not been as delicious my favorite store-bought hummus is always this is me being a fancy pants now is always the organic or extra virgin olive oil hummus. That is my favorite one. Mm. I think it's just oh, so creamy. It's just
2: oh,
0: yeah. I I think some of them like are just so loaded with oil. And at least when you make yeah. it yourself, you can control um, to control what oil is going in there and the amount. Because some of them are sort of like cheap oils like sunflower oil and stuff. Which you yeah, really-
3: it's not the oils that. That's why I love the extra virgin olive oil one because I think it's got a better taste to it. Mm. But you are right. There's there are a lot more additives to it, and I think there's, you know, extra preservatives and all that kind of stuff. So when you do make your own, um, it it is obviously better. Do you know what I think it is for me? I I don't think I like
0: teeny Well, yeah, I don't really like it on its like if you taste it on its
3: own, it's hot. It's really bitter. It's a very peculiar taste, and some people are so obsessed with it. And I think more so, I've got a friend that's, like, really, really allergic to sesame. And, like, I love cooking her food. And I try to, a lot of the foods I kind of like cooking, like, dips and stuff like that. It was called tahini. So I've now gotten into the habit of swapping tahini out. So whenever anything says, you know, to include tahini in it, I'm just like, I don't want to do that.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think I spoke um, to a guy who ran a... um uh Dressings like a dressing company, you know, like uh salad dressings. And he said, oh, it's "I don't get- know what you meant." I meant like a stylist, <laughs> No, like, no, a dressing company. i <laughs> to think what it's called. Salad dressing. And he he said it's all about getting that balance of um sort of salt, sugar, like lemon. You need to put loads of yeah. lemon in it, and then some salt. But it's really hard to get the balance because whenever I mm. make hummus, it's a total disaster. It never tastes yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs>
3: I've I've been seeing some tips online about what so what what do you struggle with like the flavor or the texture or both
0: mainly the flavor because like a lot of the time the recipes include like cumin which is really bitter Mm -hmm. if you put too much in yeah and I just it's probably because I'm not using enough oil I don't know it's um yeah it's kind of lumpy and tastes horrible basically (laughs) However, the only the times that I do make it taste
3: good is when I add like beetroot or carrot. That Mm. works. Do love a flavoured hummus. Oh, my God. A very, very quick side note that I'm just going to say I made a salad on the weekend. And as soon as I made it, I just sent Holly a picture of it because it was just it was just I feel like we could just eat that with a bottle of wine and just be so happy. It It was it was amazing. It was chicory chicory leaves sort of broken up and whole um roasted sweet and sticky beetroot mm. um rocket uh pine nuts and then I did steal your friend's idea about getting a jar of artichokes and just blending it up with loads of lemon juice um I I didn't use all of the jarred or the oil from the artichokes because I think that's vegetable so I kind of just added olive oil in yeah Um, a bit of salt and pepper oh my gosh it was amazing that was so great what does chicory taste like um so it's kind of it's i think it's of the lettuce family it's not got like a very um strong taste it's very fresh um truthfully yeah it's very very crunchy you can like grill it um so it's charred and then i did want to get radicchio which is like chicory, but it's like a darker purple. I think that has a more sweeter taste. Right. Um. But they didn't have any radicchio, so I had to get to such a middle right. class.
0: How did you? Sorry. One more question about the salad dish because it did Let's look go. amazing. Uh, Maybe I'll put the I'll
3: put the recipe on our patron. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Put it up. That'd be really good. But anyway, yeah, we were going to talk about hummus. So the one time I managed to nail making hummus was when I sat in front of the TV. I think I've said this before. And peeled. So you know, like you get your tin of chickpeas. I yeah. basically shelled them. So took off those sort of like, like a weird
3: skin, isn't it? Yeah, I don't really know what it is. It's kind it... of yeah, it's a bit like an onion skin, like that kind of like it's quite gritty, not gritty, but don't know. It's yeah. got a bit of a bite to it, hasn't it?
0: Yeah, it went really, really creamy then. Mm. Um, but otherwise, I just, I just buy it.
3: Yeah, jarred, um, jarred chickpeas are meant to be the best for hummus as well because they tend to be mm. like bigger and a bit juicier um mm. and i think as well they're fresher i could be wrong obviously it depends where you buy um but yeah so jarred ones are meant to be really good as you say taking the skin off um apparently boiling them ever so slightly again makes it um just creamier and softer but the it's kind of like a tiktok trend at the moment um adding an ice cube in when you're blending hummus gets it really really creamy
0: oh wow okay which is peculiar
3: that is peculiar
0: I'll have to give that a go uh, I love a TikTok yeah. trend it's, I mean chickpeas are really good source of protein aren't they like yeah, I've, got, I've got a list of, of um vegan protein sources on my on my um pinboard that I'm looking at now that Jake was laughing at last week um, <laughs> has that always been there no I think it's when my daughter was sort of struggling a bit with you know she was like craving um burgers all the time not like yeah. vegan, vegan burgers but um I was like oh my god she's protein deficient so I yeah. just put it up so I can just be like okay right chuck some chia seeds in or whatever <laughs>
3: Chia seeds are really good. I've been trying to add chia seeds in, but I'm just so forgetful with things. Like because I'm just a creature of habit, I will just make what I normally make with my porridge or whatever. And because I'm adding protein powder into it as well, I always forget to add additional chia seeds. Yeah, but maybe I need a little board like you've got. Can you, you make do. me a little board? I've got a yeah. board in my kitchen already. Okay, so
0: yeah. Things now. Like... <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> or like the um the vegan food triangle. That could be quite a good one. Mm, uh, yeah. food, food pyramid, rather, not triangle.
3: <laughs> I um oh my gosh, going back to hummus a bit, a bit, going back to hummus. <laughs> um, My friend, he used to work for a hummus company in Bristol. No way. Yeah. And he just learned to make the maddest hummuses. He made this one. Oh my gosh. Oh, I can't even explain to you how great it was. It was like, I just don't know how I didn't finish the bowl off. It was amazing. It was a butter bean hummus. Oh, wow. So a no butter- chickpeas, but no chickpeas, just butter yes. beans, which sort of gave it this like additional creamy taste and texture. Oh, I love a butter bean. Absolutely love a butter bean. Me too. Um, and it was just amazing. And then it had like this pesto on top, um, loads of pine nuts. Oh, God. yeah so good
0: where does it come where does where, do, where
3: does it must come from middle east yeah, yeah it's yeah i think so
0: and it, in some of those countries they eat it like for breakfast and everything yeah. i've saw oh, a my program gosh. once it looked amazing
3: i am a big fan of like middle eastern foods and i oh, there is a restaurant in bristol um it's an ethiopian restaurant Oh wow. and um i i don't think it's a hundred percent vegan but a lot of the dishes on there are vegan and I really really want to go it's just like a lot of um like you just kind of pick with your hands and stuff like that I love yeah, that kind of eating.
0: me too yeah kucha um mm, is love um, kucha. Persian isn't it yeah kucha Persian amazing. Yeah, that's another one in Bristol that is yeah amazing um so we we were sent some some new hummus uh dips weren't we from holy moly mm. Yeah. And they've just come out £2.20, Sainsbury's Asda and Waitrose. Mm-hmm. So they've got a an original hummus, a pesto hummus, a harissa. And then they do a, a range of other ones like guacamole. They have an aioli. Aioli. I- aioli. Uh, I
3: want to swim in a bath. I, oh, I-, I just can't even say it though. Ioli. Aioli.
0: Yeah, it is good, isn't it? The are aioli. Um, I always call it alioli, which is yeah, not how we say it. <laughs> <laughs> same. It's like satziki. yeah, really tzatziki. hard to say. But yeah, they're really nice because they're um they're obviously a bit more expensive, but they've mm. they've just got like they use um like better quality chickpeas, I think, and yeah, you, can t- and stuff. you
3: You can taste the difference, and with their flavoured ones as well. Like I think we've all had. My boyfriend loves. Tesco's other supermarkets as well mm. like red pepper hummus and stuff like that and I just kind of I think they're so bland like I don't yeah. know if you think it tastes nice but these um particularly the harissa one I really liked and the pesto hummus as well that was delish mm. um I think when you've got a flavored hummus I want to taste it like give me the flavor you know yeah don't be making me add some hot sauce on top because I can't <laughs> taste anything because I will <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. I I used to get a sun-dried tomato one from Morrison's. That was nice. Mm. That was quite... Sun-dried tomatoes are so good for adding
3: flavour, aren't they? Yeah, sun-dried tomatoes are really nice, especially if they're, like, roasted as well. Mm. Oh, love a roasted tomato. Yeah,
0: delicious. Oh, Mm. what's what about the tomato shortage then? Have you been affected?
3: Right, it's actually so scary. Like, it really... Whenever... It brings me back to COVID days when you'd go into a supermarket and the whole aisle would be empty. Like, that, like... And that just give me just instant anxiety. Like, <laughs> fuck, we're all going to die. <laughs> Obviously, that's not going. Well, we are all going to die, but that's not going to happen immediately. What am I saying? <laughs> we'll be okay <laughs> without tomatoes for a few we'll weeks. Be, we'll be. I'm. I am playing into this like panic. <laughs> you are. We need you to are. Panic. Which, which? Do you know what? I. It's actually been a bit of a benefit to me because i realised, okay. Tesco aren't going to have them, but I know that my local fruit and veg are going to have them. And I'm privileged enough to be able to afford to shop there because I know they are a little bit more pricier than supermarkets. So, you know, that has been a bit of a blessing. And it also just kind of, I find whenever you do shop in fruit and veg, you do just get to know what's in season better. Yeah, I used to like going to the Greengrocers.
0: There's loads of those. Um, in <laughs> all at Bristol again. I know. Um. Yeah. There's loads of them there. We've we've got one, but it's very expensive, mm. and it's attached to a butcher's. So I have to go in with something covering my mouth and not look at the the pigs that are hanging up behind the butcher counter. There's
3: such a, a distinct butcher smell. Isn't it? it just smells like I don't want to think about it anymore. Actually, I No. off this. Yeah. Let's, let's get back <laughs> on to, back onto hummus. Do you know what I hate the most about hummus though i feel like there's a time a time period where it's edible and then it's just instantly not edible it's when it's got that like the water that's just kind of like formed on the top and it's got its own little swimming pool in there yeah it starts to like separate oh it's so bitter as well my boyfriend would be like yeah lovely delicious like you're insane why are you eating that
0: (laughs) Oh, I've just spoken to um, Jim Moore from the Bloody Vegans podcast. He's not my boyfriend. He's married. I'm married. <laughs> Don't fancy him. But he's so lovely. And he's just uh, like, I, I think because you were saying like, Cherry just eats whatever. They're like yeah, laid back. Yeah, Jim. Jim's brilliant. And he was like, an hour and a half we were chatting and he's so chilled. And he's just like, you know,
3: just having a nice chat. And I'm like... Yeah. Hyper woman and I'm like I know what? he he is great when we had our talk at a veg fest. Remember that when we were hosting? that well, was not great. hosting. Well we were talking. Um yeah, I felt like we were both kind of we had to be a bit more reserved because I feel also A, probably because we were very nervous, so yeah. we were just slightly more casual than we would normally be. Yeah. Um and yeah, Jim and Jake, they were cool as cucumbers.
0: Yeah, they were. Yeah, I just need, I was sort of like, take a deep breath, Holly. Stop talking so fast and just <laughs> relax.
3: Yeah. Oh my God. Can I tell everyone about our WhatsApp message fiasco? Have you listened to it on on 1.5 speed? Yeah. Uh, it's revelation. So Holly, we send voice notes because we're too lazy to type. or We've just got a lot to say and <laughs> our fingers can't move fast enough for our brains. So we send a lot of voice notes. <laughs> and I accidentally listened to Holly's on 1.5 speed and it's one of those is just like, it's not going so fast, but it's faster than normal. So I didn't clock that I, I had it on an increased speed. and I was like, God, she's talking very fast. <laughs> the thing
0: is, I think I talk fast anyway when I'm like, yeah. the messages <laughs> and stuff. So it's like super hectic i know well i and then i replied to you and said yeah i listened to all my voice notes at 1.5 speed because You're a maniac it's quicker what are you
3: doing? how but are you consuming that much information
0: people well it's just you know like sometimes people will be sort of like hi how are you? And it's like get to the point. And they're literally just like having a cup of coffee and leave, leaving you a lovely leisurely voice note, which is which is very enjoyable for them. But when you're at work and I've got things to do, <laughs> exactly. So you have to speed it up, and then it makes it normal speed.
3: But it's like a polite fast forward. I said it is you're not, like you're not missing anything. You're no. just sort of you know yeah. Kind of speed but this whole thing up for a bit. Yeah, but um,
0: <laughs> when anyone else is listening in, like my family or whatever. They're just like, Jesus, no wonder you're so stressed all the time. Because it's just like,
3: (laughs) I feel like that's probably my once as well, because I'm exactly the same. Whenever, well, I think I am. Whenever I sound voice notes, I just like, just words are coming out of my mouth. I'm not even thinking about what I'm saying. It's just (laughs) sounds are coming out of me. (laughs) So it's probably just that sped up, probably not making a lot of sense. (laughs) And just really hard to sort of digest and navigate. And yeah.
0: Well no. done. they they make total sense I'm always like um um oh god what was I gonna say um <laughs> so, annoying. They, so they're, annoying they're so handy for the person sending them but the person who has to listen is like it's it can be annoying kind of if you're in the middle of something you're like oh, what does the voice note
3: say I know I feel like you're the only person I do voice notes with I don't do voice notes with anyone else
0: Oh God, I'm doing them with everyone. I've got all these yeah, different no. threads, so that's why I have to speed them up.
3: Yeah, <laughs> can't get through them all.
0: Yeah, yeah. My sisters and my mum were all on a thread, and sometimes it just gets ridiculous. it's you know, and and someone will be
3: like, "I'm at work. Is everything okay?" It's like, "Oh yeah, we're just having a chat." <laughs> that's the thing, is something because you don't know what because you just see lines, and sometimes yeah. it'll be like two minutes long, five minutes long, especially if you're doing on WhatsApp. You don't. I don't think they have a time cap. So you're just like, Jesus no. Christ, what's happened?
0: I wonder how long you could actually make it. I'm gonna I'm gonna
3: do an experiment. So, maybe, should we record a podcast on WhatsApp?
0: Yes! Let's do
3: it at 1.5 speeds. Oh, lovely.
0: <laughs> I am chatting to Brian Clement, a PhD, who has mm. written a new book called The Self Healing Diet. All sorts of things in there. It's such a such a um an in-depth look at things like, you know, um toxicity toxicity in our diets and our metabolism and environmental you know influences and on our health so um yeah i'm really looking forward to hearing what he has to say, say
3: that's right up your street
0: yeah it is Yeah,
3: <laughs> i'm gonna be that all over right
0: that your street. <laughs> you know tomorrow in london i'm gonna be like molly we must uh not breathe the fumes and <laughs> filter our water Anyway, as I said, I'm chatting to Brian next, so keep listening. He's also joined by co-director of Hippocrates Wellness, Anna Clement. They're going to be telling us how to live happier, healthier lives in this crazy world that we live in. So I'm joined today by Brian Clement and Anna Clement, who are co-authors of the new book, The Self-Healing Diet. Welcome to the podcast, guys. How are you?
2: How are you doing there? Um,
4: Nice to be with you.
0: Good, thank you. So you're over from the US at the moment, is that right, promoting the book? We are,
2: we're on the European Lecture Tour, this is our second stop. We were in Romania to a full house and it was exciting to uh, do our first presentation in, on the continent and then back to one of our favourite countries in Britain and part of why we love it here, you understand what we're saying, without a translator. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's always helpful, isn't it? <laughs>
2: Translator slows things down. Yes. This is probably a hundred times I've been through England to speak over the decades I've done this. And so it's Mm -hmm. it's wonderful because, you know, we've been on a mission, Anna Marie and I, a total of 100 years. So she began in 1971 or 72. I began in 1970. Uh, Anna's from Sweden. And she directed a very famous plant-based center there back in the 70s. And I was blessed. I joined the Hippocrates Health Institute team in 1975 and we were asked to become directors in 1980. We had a lot of ambition so we said yes and ever since we've been trying to figure out what it means.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow I mean that's incredible. So tell us before we talk about the book tell us about Hi- Hippocrates Wellness then. What's that all about? Because you um, you've kind of helped some really famous names, haven't you? Venus and Serena Williams and Rebel Wilson.
2: Well, even famous people are stupid and they get sick and (laughs) eat crappy food and do bad things to themselves. So, I mean, the famous people are important. We have a wall full of them. Anthony Hopkins was one of our favourites because he's a great actor. He's committed to his art. Uh, But average people from your country and all over the world have come and, And because many of them have been told they're catastrophically sick. So our notoriety and reputation for the last 70 years since we founded the progressive health field, and we were the first uh, residential lifestyle medicine center. We created the word lifestyle medicine back in the 1950s when I was a little boy, Uh, the year that Anna was born in 1956 the Institute opened its doors in Boston. And uh, now half the people that come to us are sensible people, maybe like you. I don't know you that well, but you seem sensible so far.
0: (laughs) I don't know about that, but yeah.
2: (laughs) You've seen your mother and father go down. You've seen your neighbors, your aunts, your uncles. You've seen all of this nonsense. You say, wait a minute, I don't want to go down the same road. So uh, the way our founder understood it correctly is back In the 50s, she understood what was lacking in healthcare then and sadly still today is self-care. So the first part of our mission has been self-care, and we've accomplished that. So that word went into the language. Lifestyle medicine went into the language. We brought wheatgrass to the world. We were the pioneers in the raw food movement. Uh, This is the 31st book I've written, and we've talked about different subjects that we see from our clinical work, in my case, with 300,000 people since 1970. And what it is, is it's today our, our second level mission, and an important one for Anna and I, is self-healing. Because if people don't realize that they are the only ones that can heal themselves, they'll still be sucked up by a negative system. And yes, maybe the natural healthcare systems a step above the other, but it's still a system. So what we want to do is give people an independence and make them realize that their great grandmothers and great grandfathers didn't have to run every time they had the sniffle to the doctor <laughs> or the chemist. They they understood things intuitively, and instinctually, and wisely to do. Uh, if you brought somebody from eighteen. 80 here today uh, and let everyone look at what we're doing in London and in New York City, they'd be appalled.
1: Mm. Uh,
2: What is fast food? I mean, that only started when I was a little boy and it's really with deadly chemicals. So the list goes on. So our work at Hippocrates Wellness has been to transform lives. The name of our core program is life transformation, but we, actually lay on the top of that different different realms. So we have a mindfulness program for those people that are so stressed and so confused. Maybe they're in a bad partnership. Maybe they hate their job. We have an immune and cancer program for people who find themselves facing p- potential death. We have a fitness program for those people who, by the way, uh, like me at one time, never exercised a day in our life or like me at one time, weight 120 pounds more than I do presently. And we have a program that literally teaches people about electromagnetic energy medicine, which is the future of healthcare.
4: Most people are not taught from home, and normally in the old days, we were taught from home how to take care of ourselves when we had a cold, when we had pain, when we had inflammation so medicine is amazing at diagnosing and of course emergency is fantastic but most things are not emergency and but 80 percent is definitely preventative so then what we're about is to give people a chance to heal themselves with tools that are so used in many places of the world and but Holistically to treat them holistically, because our part is not medical.
2: Ironically, the Madison Avenue types named what we do the alternative, and ironically, they're the alternative. (laughs) They're the new guys in the block who have they have a record too. It's a a record in the West where they're the number three killer. Mm. So pharmaceutical medicine, if you look it up here in Britain, is one of the foremost formidable killers. Of the public here. And it's not because that's their intent. Mm. It's because it's their incompetence. And when we drill it down to it's all about taking a medicine, rather than it's all about changing so you don't have a damn disease, or changing so you can get rid of the disease, this is the end result. If it's a profiteering uh, process rather than a healing process, that's what occurs.
4: I think every guest that comes through the institute realize that they are responsible for so much in their health accidents can happen when it comes to daily stuff there are the ones they are responsible and and I think that comes to them and our program is 21 days because it takes 21 days to change habits and it's amazing what people have people change Mm. it's just looking at the whole
0: picture isn't it rather than you go to the doctors you say you know, I, I keep getting a sore throat or whatever it is. You know, and and like you say, they they the only tools at their disposal are drugs. So they give us some medicine, and then sometimes we'll get a side effect from that. So they'll give us some another drug to, <laughs> and it just goes on and on. And but by the time you're sort of seventy or eighty, you're literally taking all these pills, and I can see it ha- happening with you know older family members slowly creeping up these the amount of of drugs they're taking and it's yeah it's all just and the average
2: you you come up with the number 70 uh 70 year old people take an average for five medicines oh, wow 10 percent who take none and they're almost all immigrants who come from cultures where they're not so dependent as we are in right. britain and the united states etc mm. so i mean they at least have some common sense left i think that's a, a historic thing in our country
0: mm. yeah so tell us about some of the themes in the book then it's very um in depth you know it covers such a wide range of things doesn't it what are some of the key is
2: it true that your favorite chapter was on romance (laughs) love that chapter (laughs) we didn't didn't read that one yet
0: (laughs) i i've started to read it but i'm not quite um at the end of it yet so
4: (laughs) I think it, it's, you know, there's so many factors of having good health, but relationships is one of the major factors for happiness. And you kind of want to stay healthier when you have a good relationship. It, it's, um, it's a normal thing to, to want to do. And, and if you can share that you want to stay healthy, you want to grow up, grow all together, then, you know, what's our plan? How, how are we going to be responsible now?
2: That. That's it. Well, yeah. you know, what you, what you have to understand is that out of all the time I've done this, over half a century, and all of the books we've written about how to heal, you know, everything from multiple sclerosis to diabetes to heart disease to cancer, uh, I never addressed the overweight and obesity issue. And I think there was maybe a psychological component to that since I endured it at one point. And I, you know, even though I I beat it, and that was a long, long time ago when I was just a young lad, the fact is, I didn't know how to address it. And a colleague of mine about five years ago said to me, do you realize the number one cause for almost all disease is overweight and obesity? And I went about this in a way that is not the old standard. Exercise more and eat better, you know. I'm so tired of reading that and hearing it, and yet they're factual statements. It's foundational. And yes, plant based diets, and yes, proper exercise. But people don't realize what they're going to read in that book are just as important the chemicals in the environment, the chemicals your mother takes when you're in the womb. They did a study a few years ago and they tested umbilical cords from like 100 nations around the world. Not one of them didn't have glossophate in it, which is Roundup. Not one of them. And you know, these countries are countries often, they don't have it. But it gets into the water, it gets into the air. You know, so the, the, the rain itself picks it up, these little atoms, and carries it throughout the, the planet and gets into our aquifer. People don't realize that your emotional state is as important, if maybe not more important, what you eat when it comes to that your self-image and i'll tell a fun story years ago we had one of the funniest she was really the funniest woman i ever met and why she was so funny she was compensating for her 425 pound weight she could it was painful to watch her walk Mm -hmm. she would walk like a duck and her legs were just so large it was sad and In one of my classes, I suggested that you've got to create a visualized image of who you want to be. And she took it to heart. And a couple of years after she left and graduated from our program, the Life Transformation Program at Hippocrates Wellness, what happened is I went to visit her. I am to be on a lecture tour in the state she lived in. And this very attractive, thin, blonde girl opened up the door And I said, is your mother at home? And she went back. She's very bright, as comedians are. She's not a professional. She should be. And came out again, and I looked at her eyes. I'll never forget eyes. And uh, it was Nancy, and she was down to 120 pounds. Wow. And when I walked into her house, there were clippings out of Glamour magazine, out of many of the the women's magazines, of these very attractive bodies with a picture of her head cut out, and put on them. It was very eerie. All I could think about are these murder mysteries I saw. And I, <laughs> yeah. I backed up to the door and I didn't really know her well. She said, fun." And I finally had the courage to ask, who, who told you to do that? She said, you did, Brian. And I flashed and I remember saying that. So our mind and how we image ourselves, and who we think we are and what we think we deserve is so important that actually your thought patterns create the biology within you and this is what we see with people reversing disease too. Right. And so that's important. Equally important is cell phones. People don't realize that there's clear studies, not maybe studies that show us that people gain up to 30% more weight by cell phones. And how does that work? Well, is it the cell phone making you fat? No, you don't eat the cell phone. <laughs> the cell phone eats you. And that's the problem. 67% of the people who use cell phones are so enthralled in it, it's an addictive device for them and the second problem with that is every time you put that electromagnetic field on right next to your damn head where you're sticking it intentionally by the way it actually shuts the hormones off that tell you that you're no longer hungry and so what it does is it turns on the i'm hungry hormones so when you're on the phone and you don't have a life and you're running around and you're stressed and you don't have a good partnership and you hate your job and you don't have enough money and bump and then there's inflation happening and then you turn on the telly and you see Parliament. <laughs> yeah. it, it, what's going on up in U- Ukraine? Yeah,
0: know? I know. <laughs> you're
2: eating potato chips. Yes, they're organic, but you're eating potato chips. <laughs> so what's the difference? Nothing. I mean, so these are the things people. I don't. They don't really think about. They don't ponder. Nor does anyone address it because the story is so simple. Eat less and exercise more, but it's not the story. If you don't change your mind, change your heart, change your soul, change your life, you're going to be fat or going to be skinny. Because Mm. it's inverse, too. Some people just can't gain weight because they so abuse themselves emotionally and they don't have a value and they're little petite. And women, we see this more than men, although we have anorexic men and bulimic men. It's more of a woman thing because we have this really sick image. Of what a woman should look like in our society. Now, you've got to look like a skinny little emaciated girl or you're, you're considered something non-attractive. And so all of this stuff starts when you're 5 years old and 10 years old, and little girls pick this crap up. Mm. And before you know it, that's an emotional thing about weight too. Yeah.
4: Yeah. A lot has to do with that gut flora. So they're 100 Trillion microbes that we should have working for us, 70% of our immune system, 90% of serotonin. That's not, that's not functioning well. We are not going to metabolize food. We're not going to absorb food well, and we're going to put on weight from that.
2: Now, I just did an hour and a half presentation on the latest science on that on YouTube. It's called Inside Is You. Mm-hmm. and two, I'll just give you two facts that are shockingly amazing. That 80% of your immune system comes from healthy bacteria in the intestine. So let me repeat it. If you don't have healthy bacteria in the intestine, you're going to get COVID and you're going to die from it. You're going to get cancer and it's going to grow and it's going to kill you. You're going to have more heart attacks. You're going to have more strokes. Not maybe, factually
4: And depression.
2: So the second thing we now know is 90% of your brain chemistry comes from healthy bacteria in the gut. And how that works is if you don't have healthy bacteria, it doesn't go up the neurological system to the brain and turn on something called the serotonin receptor site. And if that serotonin receptor site's not turned on, you'll end up with depression or worse, bipolar, schizophrenia, etc. cetera. So one of my colleagues is a psychiatrist, and 35 years ago he used to suggest this to me, and I sort of let that go off my back, but boy is he right. And now we have the science on it. In the last year, the science is very clear. So 80% of immunity, your overall biological health, and 90% of your psychological health comes from healthy bacteria in the intestine. Last thing, if you're not eating raw plant-based diets that are organic, let me repeat this. I'm not saying cooked. I'm not eating raw plant-based diets that, by the way, have water, cellulose, enzymes, phytochemicals, for phenols that are in there. They're the food for healthy bacteria in the gut. Now, yes, if you're plant-based, you're much better than meat. And people say, well, why are meat so bad? Well, now I'm going to give you the overwhelming reason meat's so bad. <laughs> because, by the way, if you took chicken and put it, yes, organic, I know people, chicken in your kitchen and never Which is refrigerate it. a joke
4: on everybody because nobody checks Yeah, anything. there's no
2: such thing. <laughs> so you put it in your kitchen and did not refrigerate it, could you walk in there in three days? What would that kitchen smell like? But it doesn't take three days. It takes about 30 to 40 minutes to rot, putrefy, and decay in the intestinal tract, wiping out healthy bacteria. Mm -hmm. And milk does the same, even organic milk. And so the list goes on. Anyone today that doesn't comprehend that everyone should be on a plant-based diet, everyone today who's a plant-based eater who doesn't comprehend that we share the planet with 8 million known species, there's about 12 million, we think. We know 8 million. 100% of those species in nature eat 100% raw diet. The only species, us, yeah. and those of us that live this way on raw, organic, plant-based, we just don't age, though. I'm in my 70s. Yeah,
0: you do look incredible, both of you.
2: <laughs> Everyone's going to age, but we should age naturally mm. the way the rest of the population does. If you don't have chi, if you don't have vigor, if you don't have sexuality, if you don't have humor as you're aging, well, you might as well die.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so what what sort of foods do you eat then? You know, breakfast, lunch, dinner and snacks. And what's your kind of average day to day diet like?
4: We, uh, we do intermittent fasting. So we we don't have breakfast. We just okay. drink, drink. You know, we have green juice, a lot of water. And Florida, we
2: have coconuts. We actually open coconuts yes. from our property and eat them.
4: Yes. Lovely. Right. Then, then, then the there's lunch.
2: Yeah, lunch is the big one. So we should all, everyone listening, no matter what your choices are, be it deadly or healthy, uh, your biggest meal should be in the middle of the day. And so in our case, we eat almost all raw. Yeah. Percentage-wise, it's 90%. And so the big meals end. So you have nuts and seeds and grains and beans. You know, this lifestyle that we have, the food lifestyle, is the highest protein diet in the world. So when we train Olympic athletes, you talk about movie stars. The top trainer in Hollywood, listen closely, sends the stars to us because they buff up and get muscles quicker on our diet than any diet in the world. So this is why on our wall we we just had a movie star come a week ago. And we have athletes that come. You know, since Muhammad Ali, before my time, won fights. He was winning fights on this plant-based diet. Mm-hmm. Of course, diet, nobody talked. As you mentioned, the Williams sisters, not arguably, definitely the two strongest female tennis players in the history of tennis. They sort of raised the bar to a whole different atmosphere at this point. And I've trained personally 17 People who went into the Olympics over the years, 12 medals. And so not because of what I did, but in part because of what I trained. They did it. And so you have to realize that everything you've been taught is from industrial propaganda. Yeah. You know, you need protein from meat. I haven't eaten meat in, in 53 years. And I have muscles. I'm strong. This morning I was at the gym. You know, I go to the gym, lift heavy weights three days a week. Because it's not just sitting around singing kumbai and eating vegetables. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta get your ass in a gym and get muscle. That's why we get a reputation. Yeah. Because vegans look like they're emaciated and they're weak. And so the reality is, we want to be stronger, and we are stronger. Uh, You gotta get your head together.
4: Time has evolved, and the food became more plasticky, more synthetic. Literally. And so what what we show is that we you can grow just about every seed, nut, grain, and bean. And, and have it like medicine. It's like pure medicine, and and all these sprouts that we have, because sprouts has enormous life force.
0: What What advice would you give to someone then who kind of wants to, you know, because our listeners are, are mostly vegan or plant based, but we are kind of it's it can be difficult to to eat like that if you're I don't know you're working full time, you've got children who don't want to eat, you know, sprouts and, and things like that, um, it can be hard, can't it? So what tips would you give to people? You know, myself included, I I sometimes will eat vegan pizza and it's not the sort of thing that makes me necessarily feel good. I know that whole food, plant-based, and like you say, maybe raw, is the sort of food that's going to make me feel at my best.
2: But you're exactly right. We have a rampant world moving in a direction we don't know where we're going. And that's it. So as passengers on that insane train to nowhere, we all feel lost, confused, and desperate. And in desperation, you grasp for life. And that sometimes is the food you consume or the booze you take or whatever it may be. And, you know, we're always looking for the little outlet, be it sex or be it sugar or be it you know, drugs in some cases, unfortunately, to relieve us of our pain because we don't have a purpose and we're lost. Bringing your children up on sugars and bad foods and meats and their friends have hamburgers and they go to parties and they have cake, what do you do? Your real question is this. What do you do after you've made that initial mistake, even if you didn't know it was a mistake? Well, you've got to educate your children. One of the things I was told as a child incorrectly is children are to be seen, not to be heard. Children are smarter than you and I. They're not corrupted at this point. They're clean little blackboards that we don't want to smudge. So you have an adult, understandable child conversation with them. You say, well, look at mom is eating this because it's better for me. And you may have, as we had in our life, uh, examples where children who had cancer or children who were sick. Yeah. Or children that had all of these problems. And I would say to our children, uh, not because they wanted bad food, because I wanted to make sure they never wanted bad food. Remember, little Joe, who by the way, died because he had cancer. This doesn't just come people. This comes because of an out of control uh, dietary and drug system that by the way, is not here to support and help people, but here to profit. And so you've got to have this conversation and you, you have to make bridges. So we laughed earlier about the bacon. Bring the bacon, and if you've been giving them, bring the hot dogs in the, the you know soy-based hot dogs when you've been giving them hot dogs and and make foods look familiar. If you've been giving them deadly pop that puts weight on them and cross circuits their brain, you know get at least pop that has none of that in it. Maybe it has stevia in it as as the sweetener, and that's what we teach people to do, when it's successful. And, you know, what amazes me is that there's so much great work coming out from the universities. Here at Oxford University, you have the top oceanographic environmental researcher in the world, young guy. And he basically came out a couple of years ago and said, if you ate only three fish meals a week, I used to eat three a day when I ate animals, that you at the end of the year have two ounces of plastic in your body. Now, think about what's the plastic in your organ systems, your, your heart, your liver, your kidney. They don't I mean, go away. They that don't go away. Over
1: there. They're yeah.
2: ever, I mean, and And you wonder why we have neurological problems and, and cancers? Yeah. You don't wonder why the number one killer of infants today around the globe and the developed world is brain cancer? Yeah. That was unheard of when I was a young guy. Mm, when I yeah. started this field, you didn't hear about children with brain cancer. No. You didn't hear about autism. Autism was one out of 10,000. Yeah. Now we're on way to one out of two. Yes. In the next few years, it's going to be one out of two children will have some level of autism. What are we going to do when half the population in 2050 are dysfunctional and can't mm-hmm. work? Who's going to take care of them?
4: Yeah, and the healthcare system needs to change. I mean, that's one of our mission too, yeah. because the healthcare system is going to go down. It's 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 in a crisis already. And I see if you see any nursing home hospital, it's just so overworked. It's um, it's just doesn't work. Yeah, I
2: mean, the poor doc, doctors get into this for the right reason. Yeah. I'm not against doctors. I think they, you know, young 18 year old girl or boy that says, I want to dedicate my life to help people. They didn't do this to make money first. They did it because they wanted to help people. And they get into a system and the entire system doesn't allow you to help people. Gives you five minutes mm-hmm. with the patient. And by the way, all your answer is take a drug. You don't even have chance to say what do you, how do you eat? None. How's your marriage? You know how's your work? Eighty yeah. percent of people hate their job. They did an international poll. <laughs> Brits were part of it.
1: Yeah,
2: but they said you can only give me one or two answers: hate or love. Eighty percent of people two years ago say they hated their job, where you spend most of your time. Then ninety percent of people don't have good marriages. Mm. So. 80% of your time, 80% of people hate what they do 40, 50, 60 hours a week. Then you come home, 90% of people don't have a friendship with their partner. So no wonder we got, we're we bonkers and people are committing suicide, <laughs> eating, drinking and taking drugs. And
4: We think we could probably take 80% of people that go to the hospital that doesn't know any better, could come to a place like ours or just learn if there was the, uh, the big education that we want to bring out. So this is
2: why we're on a mission for Mm self-healing. That's why we're here in Britain. And let me tell you, there's so much that we want to offer people and help people with. And this is something we want to create independence in people globally. So we no longer are on somebody else's list to make money from. Mm -hmm. You've got to be in a position where you know where you're going, who you are, and what you're doing. And there's none of this half-assed business going on anymore. Because I'll tell you, if you take a shortcut in life, your life will get shortened. Mm. If you don't do what you know is right, your integrity goes down. And maybe others don't know that, but you know it. And when you're not doing what your best, your maximum best, what that does spiritually and emotionally to you, I can't even put in words.
0: Where should we start then? Like if someone has, you know, a condition that they are taking drugs for or, you know, like you say, just not happy in their job. You know, where where do you start to unpick it all? Because it's not easy, is it? And and what, you know, is it a case of sort of detoxing or?
2: Well, part of our team, not only detox, emotional detox. So everyone that comes to the Hippocrates wellness programs uh, sees a psychotherapist. Now, we are quasi-psychotherapies because every doctor, that's part of what we have to do. But we're not, that's not our our forte. So when you sit in a room with somebody who says, you know, what is it that's most problematic in your life? And you really think about it. You'd be surprised. Sometimes, half the time, it's not what you think it is. Uh, When people walk into my office say, doctors told me, four doctors told me I'm going to die. I say, what do you want? And they say, always say to me, I want to get healthy. And I say, that you're asking for the wrong thing. And they look at me puzzled. I said, what you need to ask for is I want to be happy. Hmm. And being sick and hope, thinking you're going to die prevents you from what you really want, and that is being happy. And it sort of lightens the burden. So most important, when it looks at where you start, you start in, the, in a position that is most problematic for you, that you're ready and willing to submit yourself to. If you don't get the big elephant out of the room, the big monster out of the room, you can't get to the second. So for me, it was a wait. And, you know, then I once I started unravel that, I realized that no, smoking. I gave that up in a day. Grass, I gave up in a day. Sometimes it's a process. You know, you get the big elephant. It's a process. Give yourself time. For those of you that are facing a big disease, you know, it may kill you. Let's be clear on that one. You don't have the time. You've got to get on the horse and learn how to ride it, no matter what. And that's why Hippocrates exists for those people. You know, we have this depth of time, experience, clinical research that no one on the planet has. Mm. And other people, you know, somebody asked me earlier, uh, what makes a difference between your place and other retreats? They said, we're not a retreat. We're the opposite of a retreat. Mm -hmm. We're about bringing you back to life, not taking you out of life. Yeah. We want to, we want to get, give you an understanding that there is a path, a proven path, a functional path, a practical path. And if you take those messages and those tools and that example and you employ it, we see people conquer disease, prevent disease, and most important, premature aging. A book I'm writing right now is How to Live 220 with a, a retired endocrinologist and why he's writing the book with me is his wife came to us 19 years ago with stage 4 melanoma which is 100% mortal in modern medicine they never see anyone get better she got better and with his brilliance in, in allopathic medicine as an endocrinologist he took that same level and and for the last 19 years studied what we do as well and so we now know there's a real pathway this isn't pie in the sky nonsense anymore that your generation will commonly live to 120 even 140. And your children's generation will commonly live to 200 years old. And every one of these researchers, uh, Longo, Sinclair from Australia, uh, every one of them tell you plant-based diets. Every one of them tell you exercise. But that's not enough. Mm -hmm. The thing that we're now learning about is molecules, taking molecules into the body that literally are pro-body not medicines, but molecules. And when you do that, I'm proud to say my youngest child who's in medical school now will literally easily live to 140 years if they do what it takes, if you do what it takes. There's, I
0: mean, there's so much we could talk about. And like I said, there's so much in the book. Thank you for joining us today. And, you know, if if anyone listening wants to read more about this, I know I certainly do. The self-peeling diet is it's out out now is that correct
2: it is you can bounce on amazon download it and get it yeah it's all over the world and again you know i'm here doing conferences but keep your eyes and ears open this will happen because we're on a mission to change humans course Uh, we need to survive we will thrive in the future but people have to let go everything they've ever thought was normal
0: And that brings us to the end of today's episode. We'd love to hear what you think. So please, please do leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or your platform of choice as it helps us to rank in the charts. We also have a podcast live coming up and you can watch the video of this episode and more um, over on Patreon where you can join us from £2 a month. See you next week when I'll be chatting to School Night Vegan.